Welcome to the Just Be an Honest podcast. This is your host, KB. I'm a lifestyle designer, intuitive healer, and a creator of a wellness workspace called the KB Apothecary. Welcome to my world. We're cultivating a lifestyle environment based with quality of consciousness for all, here to unveil your authentic truth. What does that mean? Listen in to find out because we are all multi hyphenate beings. So join me on the ride. It's getting deep. Hey, kids, how you doing out there? Um, welcome back to the show. It is going to be a really great episode today. We have Trisha Nelson on the show talking all about emotional eating, maybe food addiction a little bit. She tells her complete story about how she healed her hunger. Um, Also goes into her book, Heal Your Hunger, her show as well. Um, She has a podcast show that I um, will be on as well. So I will let you know when that one airs. But I wanted to to do a little housekeeping before we start the show and just saying that Guys, falls here, seasonal transitions. I have a couple more spaces open for customized lifestyle design and mindset coaching. So head on over to justbeinghonest.com and you can connect with me over there. I just wanted to share exactly what this is because a lot of people are like, oh, am I ready to take the leap? Yes, the answer is yes, you are. The answer is yes, you are if you are ready to commit to yourself, all right? So basically my customized approach in coaching combines a series of energetic practices tailored to your unique footprint, all right? So we talk a little bit with the astrological natal chart. I work with metaphysics, breath work, body awareness, chi flow, right? Prana life energy. If you don't know what that is right now, you will learn all about it. You will love it. I will be sharing with you food as medicine, perhaps even diving deeper with you one-on-one on on how to create and cultivate a plant-based lifestyle that works for you in your schedule. Um, We go over harmonization of space. Yes, the home, perhaps even the office space. This is a total integration of space curation. And then lastly, we dive into low toxin and conscious living. And with all of that wrapped into one, we create your unique footprint, right? We're all different. We all have different skills and talents to offer the world. But in order to do that, you have to show yourself. All right. So enough said on to the show. Guys, if you loved this episode, please do me a favor, share it with your friends, share it with your family members, Head on over to Apple iTunes, send in a five-star rating and review. Let me know what you think. That helps me transform and shape this podcast a little bit more because it's all for you. All right. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Peace, love. Ciao. Welcome back to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, KB, your lifestyle designer and your mindset coach. Guys, per usual, sitting on the floor, looking out at another beautiful vista here in sunny Southern California. I'm looking at the mountains today. It's it's awesome. You know, sometimes I don't think we just gaze at nature enough. Um, 
Anyways, enough about me. You always know I'm just like a little bean sitting on the floor. But I wanted to share with you guys that if you are feeling like you are just stuck in, what do we say? Stuck in the fall blues. I feel as though there are some fall blues that come along. You know, it's getting darker earlier and you're like, what do I do with my life? When do I go to bed? Reach out to me. We will have your first uh, session with myself absolutely free. We'll start, you know, combating these like mental talks here and get your mindset all ship and shape for the next season above because I have a couple more openings in personal one-on-one sessions available. So the time is now to get on that train before they fill up. All right. So on to the show. I have an amazing guest here today. She has quite a story to tell. I'm going to let her kind of jump in their first full force, but I think this is the perfect guest to have, especially during this time of the year. We're going to be going, <laughs> perhaps, through a little bit of emotional stress, um, family and friends, holidays coming up, we're still in a pandemic, what do you do, right? Um, I remember, because she's going to be talking about emotional eating as one of her things, and I just, I'll be the first to admit, even in 2020, I had my emotional eating, and I was actually hyper aware of it, but I kind of still kept doing it because we were in such an uncomfortable spot. Um, needless to say, my my emotional eating was like coconut, like flakes, you know, whatever. Okay, so anyways, without further ado, welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show, Trisha Nelson of Heal Your Hunger. Thanks, Catherine. Good to be here. Um, So I'm super excited to have you here. You have quite a story to tell. You have a book out. You have a program that's about to kick off. Um, Just first off, let's jump back to your childhood because I always like to go back to not even just my clients, but... The people I bring on the show, I want to talk about your upbringing. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. No, it started a long time ago, this <laughs> emotional eating thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, as far back as I can remember, I was obsessed with food. So I love to eat. I love to cook. I love to serve food to other people. I, I love to go out to dinner when my family is going to dinner. I'd have little heart palpitations. I'd be so excited. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty big deal for me. And, you know, I didn't just love food, but I was an emotional eater and I didn't know it at the time. So I thought I just liked food, but certainly there was stuff going on in my childhood. So I'm one of three girls and we all have disordered eating. So it was definitely, you know, in the family and my parents grew up with weight issues. So we all had the propensity to gain weight easily, you know, just genetically. So when I look back at photos, it's, I wasn't overweight all the time, but when I hit adolescence, for sure. Um, I started to gain weight and my face was like as round as a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. And, um, by age 20, I was 50 pounds overweight. So it's really miserable for me. I did have sexual abuse in my past. So as a, a young child, I had that experience and it went on for about five years. So of course that fueled my emotional eating and my, you know, unconscious need to protect myself and the weight I'm sure had a lot to do with that as well. Um, 
But over the years, I mean, basically what happened for me is at a very young age, um, I got help for my eating issue. I mean, I had tried lots of things. I'd gone to, you know, 12-step programs and read self-help books and done lot diets. Of course, you always start with diets, <laughs> you know, until you realize it's not going to work. And so I did lots of diets and busting out, you know, breaking diets and all this kind of thing, binging. I was a big binge eater. Um, and, and then I went to an eating disorders therapist. So I was no slouch. I mean, I was really looking for a solution, but nothing I tried worked until I met um, a mentor who is more spiritually based and showed me how to really go deeper and deal with the underlying causes. So that's what changed everything for me is I needed to deal with my childhood stuff. You know, I was, I had a pretty dysfunctional family. And so I needed to deal with that. I need to let go of the pain I had around, you know, my secrets and, and, and my sexual stuff. And so there was a, there was a lot to unpack there, but I needed to feel safe in order to do it. And I just happened to find somebody who I really felt safe with, who was able to kind of guide me on that journey. But the journey wasn't just, you know, one of looking at my stuff. It was also changing my habits. So it was one of self-care, one of learning to really put my health first, um, to really keep emotionally healthy, not only dig stuff out, but just on a daily basis, keep, you know, clearing out, you know, things that could come up, toxic emotions, um, so that was really the foundation for my life was, was starting to meditate and pray and do different things that really helped me feel emotionally balanced. Mm. Um, and then I worked with my mentor for many years to help people with all different kinds of addictions. But more recently, four years ago, I founded Heal Your Hunger um, as a way to really work with people who had eating addiction, like really just out of control eating, not being happy with their weight or their size. Um, and also people who just knew that diets weren't the way to go, like there had to be a better way. So I take them on that journey, that deeper journey of healing the underlying causes. And it's been, you know, my life's worth work since and my podcast, you know, the Heal Your Hunger show has been up for four years. And that's been really enriching for me. And yeah, that's kind of brings us up to now. Okay. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and sharing about your sexual abuse. Um, you know, that's a really hard topic for a lot of people to even just bring to the table and talk about to like a large, massive audience. And it does, you know, psychologically, emotionally have a subconscious effect on us. You know, a lot of people, you know, you'd see that would happen to and and it's almost like they look like, oh, they're fine. Like, they're totally fine. But it really comes up in the most interesting and just, um, just like, mysterious of ways, if I can say that. You know, you it's like they don't even know it would be happening. It's not just like going through another relationship. But it also happens in different ways. And so you went to food, right? Um, bless your heart that you got help at such a young age because a lot of people – don't and you yeah. and you were able to you know realize that you had to do this work to get to the other side and you yeah. talked about diets oh my gosh okay so me I'm a huge athlete you know I know many endurance athletes that like go to diet diets to what become lighter on the bike if they're a triathlete you know um more flexible, what have you. So you talk about this journey of diets and diets don't work. I'm a huge proponent that diets do not work as well. So why do you think that, you know, 98% of all diets fail? 
what's your personal belief on that? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I work with people who are chronic dieters, you know, and have never gotten to where their goal weight, or they've got their, to their goal weight for five minutes and then went back up the scale. And that was my experience as well. So I really, I, I mean, my belief is that we diet, you know, to try to fix our weight, but weight is a symptom, you know, overweight is a symptom of overeating and overeating is a symptom of what's eating me. So if you just try to lose weight and you don't have it, basically when I would eat, I mean, I stuffed, I stuffed my emotions with food. And then when I would diet, those emotions would come up, you know, cause these, when you stuff them down, they don't go anywhere. They just get packed into your psyche, you know, into your subconscious and it, when you stop eating all your ooey gooey chewy foods, my favorite three food groups were sugar, fat, and carbs, <laughs> you know, so when you, when you get off of those things and you're eating all healthy, sure, you're like excited at first, I'm doing it and looking good, feeling good, you know, pants getting looser, but then it starts to get hard, like really hard. And that's because those feelings are starting to erupt, like those, all that stuff that was packed down and buried starts to come to the surface and diets don't give you tools for dealing with your emotions. Like yes. diets don't give you tools for dealing with life and stress. And when food is your number one coping tool, you're like, help, like, what do I do? And the food's always there. It's everywhere. Everybody's pushing it. You know, it's, there's bowls of candy everywhere. And so you, you just turn to what you know, and it works. I mean, it works. So sugar works for a time. Like it, it, it feels good, tastes good. You feel like crap after, but boy, oh boy, do you, do you do keep, you know, it keeps the feelings at bay. So to me, emotional eating is why 98% of all diets fail. Like it's, unless you deal with anybody who chronically struggles with food and weight in my experience, and not that they have to be overweight. I mean, I have clients who are thin, but they're obsessed with food, you know, and food owns them, rent space in their head, you know, and, and so uh, anybody who struggles chronically, I find they have an emotional connection with food and that's why they can't stop overeating or eating the foods they know aren't healthy for them. Yeah, that's a great point that you just brought to the table that, you know, diets don't bring you an emotional like like user manual, you know? Yeah, All we yeah. know is that okay, yeah, I have a sensation, a really strong sensation or urge to do something if I eat X, you know, whatever it is, you know, and usually that sensation is counterbalancing to whatever you're needing. Maybe it's love, right? Oh, chocolate, love, right? Mm, so sensual, right? That's just a little example, guys. Um, so I want to kind of dive into the emotional eating aspect. Um, and then we can talk about sugar because I think <laughs> sugar is a huge topic that I want to bring to the table for sure. But yeah. You know, when we talk about emotional eating, um, I think probably the biggest thing that would probably set up a barrier between that is how does one differentiate between emotional and physical hunger? Yeah, well, I'm always amazed at how close they are to each other in terms of how they feel. Like I'm, I've been on this road for 30 years, you know, helping people um, heal and yet sometimes, some days I'm like, I'm so hungry. 
I'm sure I need to eat, you know, and then I'll have to stop and say, really, Trisha, like, really do you need to eat? And, and of course, you know, it's usually emotional, but I have to do a little digging to, to come to that determination. So um, one of the things that helps me is that um, for people who really are pretty dysregulated in their eating or erratically eating, binge eating, snacking, um, I recommend eating three meals and with nothing in between. And just giving yourself some space in between meals will bring feelings up because most people are used to just being numb all the time by snacking. Mm. And so um, just having space between my breakfast and my lunch helps me at times when I'm like convinced I need to eat. And then I think to myself, well, you had a really healthy breakfast. So probably you can last till 12, you know, when it's lunchtime or whatever. And um, so what's going on? And so the space between the meals my experience, a lot of times, what feels like physical hunger is actually, you know, feelings. They're just, they're, I'm having feelings, you know, maybe there's something I don't want to do, or I have to pay my taxes, or I have to make a phone call. It's uncomfortable. You know, if I just dig into a little bit, when I know I've been nourished, like I'm doing a good job nourishing myself, then those hunger pangs, you know, if it's not lunch, close to lunchtime, it's usually emotional. And then I can mm. kind of dig into it and say what's really going on. And so that helps me tremendously. But, you know, also sometimes I'm thirsty. Like sometimes I just need to drink some water because, because thirst feels like hunger. A lot of the time you drink a glass of water and they're like, Oh, I'm not really hungry. You know? So it can, it can mask itself in many ways that that emotional hunger can mask itself as physical hunger. Um, but my experiences, a lot of times, if I am well fed, it's emotional. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Water is a huge, huge culprit with that. I mean, I find that with myself all the time, you know, I go for a run and I'm like, yeah, my mouth is so parched, but I'm like, okay, you've got to drink water before you even like, whatever, do the next thing. Like give yourself a break, give yourself 30 minutes, you know, drink this. Um, I think that's a really good rule of thumb as well. So if someone, you know, senses, yeah, you know, I'm an emotional eater. They're like, oh yeah, this is me, right? I mean, we all have it. I know we all have it. Um, and then you were talking about food addiction. How do you know the difference between that or just someone that's just a quote unquote foodie that's just interested in cooking and yada, yada, yada? Yeah. Well, I actually created a quiz because I find that people don't really know. And, and it's, here's the deal. I really believe that we all have are hardwired to have an emotional connection with food. You know, like it's just breastfeeding is a powerful experience for a child and a mother. You know, I mean, I think it's just sort of part of our DNA to have an emotional connection with food, but you know, how far someone goes with it is really what we're talking about. So that spectrum for me is an emotional eating spectrum. And so I have a quiz on my website where people can find out if they're an emotional eater or a food addict or somewhere in between. So emotional eating is sort of like the base level. Hey, we all do it from time to time. And the high end of the spectrum is binge eating, food addiction. Like you think about food all the time, you're obsessed, you know, you go overboard and then you fall down the rabbit hole and then it's hard to get back on track. So that's where I was. Um, but somebody maybe on the lower end of the spectrum, but my quiz kind of tells them that. So they mm. can take that quiz on my website, which is healyourhunger.com. Um, but what informs really why somebody would be somewhere on that spectrum, like where, what, what sort of determines where they are are two things. Um, and one is the level of control that they have. 
so let's say somebody goes on a cruise there's a huge buffet they eat like lots of cheese and chocolate and wine you know and it's all paid for so you just go out you go to town you come home you've gained five pounds you got a little muffin top going on and you're like ah, i hate how i feel so i'm gonna jog extra you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do some extra runs this week and cut out sugar and boom those five pounds are off that's on the low end of the spectrum. That's someone who has a lot of control. Like you can course correct really easily versus the high end of the spectrum. Somebody has very little control. Whereas once they start eating sugar, they can't stop and they just binge and they just, it's like two weeks of just unhealthy eating. That's somebody with very little control. And the other one is consequences. You know, how many, how much consequences do you have, you know, from your eating and the longer somebody struggles with food and weight, the more consequences they will have because it's really destructive to your body, you know, eating crappy foods. And, you know, we, we typically don't binge on salad, you know, so it's like those gooey, gooey, chewy foods um, that we love to have have and they they cause weight gain you know chronic dieting the weight you know gain and and losing you know really messes with your body um it messes with the elasticity of our skin you know the sugar especially um but that's somebody who is you know has a lot of consequences perhaps they have joint pain perhaps they have autoimmune issues um you know of course digestive issues gut issues um, diabetes, pre-diabetes, weight, obviously, obesity. So um, the person who's got mounting consequences on account of their eating, they're going to be more on the higher end of that spectrum. Oh my gosh. You know what? Consequences. This is a really great topic to bring up. Consequences come with habits, right? And then it goes yeah. back to habits go to, you know, what I like to preach about, the mindset. You know, it's all about compound interest over time. What seems so little in the beginning, you know, one small little action just multiplies. It can multiply. If you have that one mindset every day, it turns into a habit, right? Your habits turn into consequences sometimes. Sometimes good consequences, sometimes bad consequences. And I hate to use the word good and bad, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, and the weight fluctuation, yes, does a very hard number on your body. Your hormones, I played the hormone game earlier this year, and that was, you know, due to some stress, whatever. Um, but yeah, so if someone, going back to the emotional eating, if someone is, they're like, okay, I'm an, an emotional eater, what are three things you recommend a person to do to end emotional eating now? Well, the first thing is stop skipping meals because we tend to think, oh, I'm going to skip, I'm going to work straight through lunch and I'm going to kind of hack the system. Like I'll lose some, some weight if I skip lunch or skip breakfast or whatever. You know, in my experience, we often will, if we're emotional eater, we'll pay for it later. Mm. So we really, you know, it's a, you know, it's, it's a lose, lose proposition you know, we don't have the energy we need, the nutrition we need. And then of course, later we're paying for it with a late night binge. So um, that's why the three meals is so, to me, it's very nurturing. It's just good to let our bodies know, yeah, you're going to get fed, you know, five hours, you know, in between meals, you just, you, it's, it's so much more stabilizing for our bodies. Um, So don't skip meals. 
don't weigh yourself. So I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of the, the scale. I mean, if you give the scale the power to make you feel good, like, oh my God, I lost some weight. You also give it the power to make you feel bad. Like, oh shit. You know, like what, what happened? I was going to the gym every, every day and nothing happened. And here's the setup for the scale totally sets us up. So if we feel good, like, oh my gosh, how cool I lost some weight subconsciously we have a little bit of like like thinking we got some wiggle room like oh now I can eat those you know desserts and then we end up putting the weight back on but if if it says something we feel mad about like especially if we've been at the gym all week we're like screw it what's the point like what's the freaking point and then we go eat because we're discouraged so it's like it's just a mind game to get on the scale I mean I'll tell my clients to you know if you have to weigh yourself do it once a month like just check in with yourself once a month but we we know when our pants don't fit, you know, and I just, I just try to get people off of making the scale their higher power, you know, like just making, just bowing down to the scale and like, tell me dear, dear scale, like how I feel today. Like, yeah. tell me how I feel, you know, and it's just, it's not good for the psyche, you know? And so I just, let's focus instead of on weight loss, let's focus on making healthier choices. Let's focus on self-care, you know, mm. and start, start starting our day with self-care. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. <laughs> Is there one scale that is completely accurate and like what does that number even (laughs) tell you like like if you're if you're worried I'm just gonna say this right now if you're worried about the number that's in your pants cut it out simply cut it out I want to kind of agree with you that you know like we have to focus on how do you feel how is your your body your vessel running like how is your little speedster car working you know like how is that instead of like getting around the rigmarole of the mindset of saying like oh my god I'm not a size two. Oh my god I'm a four. Oh my god now I'm a six it's like wait 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 how are you feeling? How's your body actually working? Yeah. Um, I think that's highly important. So that kind of brings me into um, what I want to talk to you about is sugar. And I know you have a new program starting soon. So tell us about your thoughts on sugar, because I'm sure I have similar thoughts as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of redeeming qualities to sugar, you know, bottom line. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's just highly destructive for our bodies and it's highly addictive, you know, and, and it's, there's some studies have proven it to be as addictive as cocaine or heroin. So, um, you know, when they, they tested with mice, so, you know, that was my experience. I mean, when I eat sugar, sugar is all I want to eat basically, Mm. you know, so, um, it is physically addictive and I like sweet things. I still have a sweet tooth, but I use like monk fruit or stevia. Mm. And I think stevia is God's gift to eat emotional eaters, frankly, because for years it was like, I mean, I'm older than you, so I'm dating myself here, but you know, for years it was like, oh, sweeten with saccharin, you know, cause you cancer, sweeten low, the pink packet. And then it's like, oh no, equal, we're going to, we're going to use NutraSweet and that's the blue packet. And that, you know, doesn't cause cancer. It causes like brain problems, you know, <laughs> um, uh, then we're, then we go to the yellow pack packet. Okay. So we're, we're dealing with, um, uh, I always forget what's in the yellow packet, but Splenda? It's, it's, it's another, what is it? Splenda. Splenda? Yeah. So that's like, so sad that I know that. Su- sucralose. Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's got, you know, that's a chemical. And so it's like the yellow packet and now we have the green packet, which is stevia. So it's like, we're making progress, but guess what? Even in the stevia packets, they use fillers like dextrose. Guess what dextrose is? It's a sugar, yeah. like it's straight up sugar. So mm-hmm. they're using 
sugar fillers for your sugar substitute. Like how insane is that? You know? And so I have something called the uh, five day quit sugar challenge coming up. And the cool thing about this is that um, people will learn all the different names for sugar. They'll learn where sugar is hiding in your food. Cause even people who are healthy, like you can go to whole foods and still eat a lot of sugar in the foods that you're picking off the shelf because even you know even healthy products have you know they're they're hip to the idea if you make it sweeter people will buy more of it and so you have to be really careful i mean it's in ketchup it's in soups it's in sauces you know in bread like what how stupid is that like to put sugar in bread you know it's not a pastry it's just bread <laughs> so it's really important for people to know where sugar's hiding I, I i tell people like i've done all the you know lots and lots of sleuthing through stores on how to get products that don't have sugar in it um and also i talk a lot about emotional eating like how to stay stop because the biggest source of sabotage is emotional eating so uh we have five days of classes it's like uh, we, we, we talk about sweet sleuthing, sweet sabotage, sweet swap. So I give people recipes for really yummy uh, foods that don't have any sugar in it. Um, you know, sweet, sweet success. Um, and also there's one other S I'm forgetting, but it's really fun. We have prizes and it's just really fun. So oh God, that that's sounds, coming up soon. That sounds great. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I'm totally on that whole no sugar. I have a question. I kind of a curveball. I want to throw at you about the sugar so and this might be great for the audience members all the time I get the you know oh try this try this drink it has zero calories and zero sugar and I look at it and I'm like no I don't believe you and so I don't drink it because I know better than that but tell the audience kind of about the hidden secrets of that type of product well I mean I'm not sure if it actually, if it says it doesn't have sugar, I don't know if it doesn't have sugar or, or they, it's got sweeteners of some kind. And most sweet, sweeteners aren't healthy. You know, the ones I've talked about and that there's a whole lot of other ones. Like an infusion um, infused with. Oh, like, um, like flavors you mean like yeah. hint water. Oh yeah. I wasn't going to say brands, but there you go. Yeah. Tell us about that. What's the deal with that? Oh, it's healthy. I mean, I know the woman who founded Hint Water. She's amazing. So um, it's, I mean, it's just, I don't know how they infuse it, but it's just got, it doesn't have any (laughs) funny, what, so I do, I mean, it does, it's not sweet. If you drink Hint Water, it is not sweet. So if you have a sweet tooth, you won't be that satisfied. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. So now I just (laughs) lost my platform on that because I thought there was something (laughs) hidden in there. Like if it says natural flavors, if it says natural flavors, Typically, you know, the natural flavor conundrum, like it's just, there's something hiding in there. So um, sometimes I think it depends on the brand, but okay. Well, all right. Well, I will do my, (laughs) I'll take my, my bandwagon off the table. But it depends, you know, it depends if it has the chemicals or not. But I mean, sometimes you can, I mean, you can, you can use essences, you know, or um, of of different kinds of fruits and that kind of thing. But I don't, I'm not an expert on that. Yeah. Um, I, I just know it does, it's not sweet at all. And right. so I will sometimes, because I have a sweet tooth, I will sometimes use stevia, like um, bubbly water, you know, like that um, La Croix, I'm totally, you know, not La using Croix, yeah. French, French version La Croix <laughs> or whatever. But, um, but you can, like, it's, they're big now, those seltzer waters that have infused, 
you know, um, yeah. flavors. But to me, it beats the hell out of Coca-Cola and Sprite, you know? So I use that seltzer water and I add a little bit of stevia and it, to me, it's like a natural soda. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I do a lot of times? I will have like a, you know, a Pellegrino, if I want some bubbles, a Pellegrino and just like, you know, pour it in a wine glass, add like a couple drops of, you know, plop in some like frozen berries that's such yeah. a great alternative totally. um muddle up lemon, some mint lemon. lemon lime every single day i have yeah. that every single day so totally oh my gosh so l- lastly let's jump into your book i want to hear about the book sure. i want a new bedtime read throw it oh, at me great yeah i mean if i do say so myself it's um <laughs> it's it's a easy read i do i have recorded on audible as well if people want to listen to it it's called heal your hunger seven simple steps to end emotional eating now it's a bestseller on amazon and it's people love it they absolutely love it and um, I mean, if you buy the hardcover of it, which is not hard, it's a soft cover, but if you buy the book book, there's really cool cartoons. Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of the cartoons. Um, but yeah, so it's really lays out my whole system um, that helped me heal. So it's got my story. It's got my system. It has the anatomy of the emotional eater, which is 24 personality traits that emotional eaters have. Um, and so, and these traits get us into a lot of trouble. So, I mean, a lot of what I do, um, Catherine, is I talk about, I mean, I really don't talk about food. I'm not a nutritionist. Um, I, I really direct people towards, you know, what I've researched over the past 30 years, which is the personality traits that cause our eating, you know, so, so much of the time we're just focused on food, but it's, it's, why are we driven? What's that compulsion to eat about? What are we trying to cover up? And, and so much of it is stress for sure. Um, but how are we getting so stressed out? And emotional eaters have personality traits, you know, like that are, I mean, if you've seen one, you've seen us all. And so the top trait of the emotional eater is people pleasing, just to give Mm -hmm. you an example. So people pleasing, well, what does that have to do with food? Well, emotional eaters tend to have trauma in their past and to cope as a kid with your trauma. We started talking about childhood to begin with. Um, You know, as children, we, we have very limited coping skills. Like it's like, what do we use? You know, we can't go score drugs. We don't go, you know, slide up a joint. It's like, what do you do? Will you eat for sure? Because eating is close by, you know, and it works. Um, But we also act in ways that will help us. So if you have a raging parent or an alcoholic or drug addicted parent, or if you have some kind of dysfunction in your your life, some kind of abuse, you use coping skills like people pleasing. So people pleasing usually starts at a young age. Like I got my self-esteem from, you know, doing good deeds and, and getting out of girls. And so, and that's, that's a habit that's hard to break. And so the way it leads to eating is like, I'd be trying to please people and I would just totally stress myself out, burn out my adrenals, just always saying yes to people. Sure. I'll chair the committee, happy to host the party. And of course I'll do your job and mine and Jerry's job. No problem. You know, it's like, what's that about? So the people pleasing gets us into trouble because when we do knock ourselves out, trying to please people, get the out of girls. And then nobody's ever as pleased as we plan on them being, of course, they never are. Then we're pissed off and resentful. And that leads to the, I deserve it binge. Like, screw them. They're not going to recognize me for all my hard work. I'll recognize myself. And so this is oftentimes 
you know, a, a, a trait that people don't look at. They're just trying to lose weight, but they're not looking how they're living, their habits of living, how they show up in the world that drive stress eating. And so that's, that's a lot, you know, I have a whole chapter on the anatomy of the emotional eater in my book. Um, but also just, like I said, my whole healing protocol is there as well. And it's just, it's a, it's an easy read. It's 150 pages, but definitely somebody has been chronically dieting, trying to lose weight, you know, or just dissatisfied with their body. This will change their head about things, sort of put them in a whole mindset shift on the whole weight issue. Mm, you know, I love hearing that. All right. It's going to be a picker upper. Um, okay. My last question for you, my darling, before I let you go is what is your honest truth that has helped you maintain a healthy lifestyle? My honest truth that's helped me maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm. Um, well, Oh, there's a lot, but one of them is it's not about the food. Mm. I you love know? that. I mean, it's like we think it's about the food, but it's not about the food. If I'm hungry, it's usually emotional. I got to look at what that's about, um, you know. And trying to control food isn't gonna make isn't gonna get me where I need to go. Losing weight isn't gonna, you know, get me where I need to go. So many people gain weight because they're not any happier, twenty pounds less. You know, they're not any happier because they've just dealt with the symptom and not the problem. So, mm. yeah, I'd say it's not about the food. Um, and the other is, you know, it's all about self-care. For sure. All about self-care. I think, you know, when we start to focus on our – and it, people are like, oh, but that's so selfish. When we focus on ourselves, we can do so many things with our lives. Yeah, life. and we have a greater capacity. So much more. Yeah, yeah, we have greater capacity to give to others too. Oh. It's like – and, and others get the best version of us. You know, if we're constantly giving, 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 we're ending, we're ending up being miserable and bitchy. Mm. You know, that's not exactly what we planned. So it's like, take time for yourself and you'll be able to give more to others and you'll, they'll get the best version of you. Mm. Beautiful. Well said. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you give us a little shout out about how everyone can be in touch with you, sign up for your programs, find you on the web. Sure. So my website is healyourhunger.com. My uh, Instagram is Trisha Nelson underscore underscore at the end of the N in Nelson. So Trisha Nelson underscore. Um, and my podcast is the Heal Your Hunger Show. Um, and then I my Quit Sugar Challenge is coming up and you can go to quitsugarchallenge.com and it's $17. Oh, $17. That's a steal. And guys, she mentioned her podcast. I will actually be a guest on the yes! podcast show. So you get a double whammy. You get to hear That's my right. whole journey and story as well. So thank you, Trisha, so much for joining us this week. And um, it's been a pleasure. Me. Guys, guys, until next time, be good to yourself. It's been an honor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Thanks for joining in. <laughs>